Welcome to episode number 20 of the Grab Blogger podcast. This is the podcast where helping academics build online businesses, build side hustles, build research companies so they can change the world with their research experience and their expertise. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney. Today's episode, we're talking about understanding the value ladder for your business and blog. So in this episode, we'll talk about, well, why are we talking about a value ladder? What is the value ladder concept? What does providing value mean? What are the steps in the value ladder? We're going to give a couple of examples. We're going to give an example of a good funnel, and we'll talk a bit about what a, what a funnel is and kind of why I don't actually like that terminology in this episode. And we'll talk about ladders as well, and I'll give an example from the company that I'm building, Dust Safety Science. We'll close this episode up out by talking about the four common mistakes that academic entrepreneurs make when visualizing their business from this kind of value ladder concept and why it's really important. So stay tuned to the end of the episode and we'll show some information that I think will be transformative in how you can think about your business. As always, you can get the transcripts for this episode at grabblogger.com slash 20. If you just want the four stages of the value ladder outlined in a one-page cheat sheet, you can get that there as well. So why are we talking about a value ladder? What what is this all about? And it really comes back to me doing some soul searching for Grab Blogger myself. And some of the things I want to do is I want to be very transparent as I build my own business, as I build Grab Blogger as a business, but also as I build my independent research company. And I also want to understand where I see other people get stuck. I talk to a lot of academics. We do coaching on business. We do just helping people as they email through. And I'm starting to see there's a lot of similarities, a lot of trends. In addition to that, there's also a lot of bad information out there. If you Google online marketing, if you Google digital marketing, you can kind of go down the rabbit hole, and especially when these things like funnels and different information comes up. So I want to dispel some of the myths. I want to give you a lot of my experience over the last three years of running a business. I want to help you with other people like yourselves that are having what the problems they're having and where they're getting stuck as well. So this concept of the value ladder keeps coming back, and I want to, I want to just provide a good explanation of that here in this episode. So let's just start by, before we get into the, what is the ladder, what does providing value mean? Because you hear this term tossed around a lot. If you've been in digital marketing, if you've been on online marketing, online business for any period of time, I'm sure you've heard of this. I want to provide value. I have to provide value. I'm going to provide value. I provide value. What does that mean? A general definition is just being useful. So providing value equates to being useful, providing useful information into the world. The problem is in a world of overload, being barely useful, it just isn't good enough. It's not really good enough to stand out. It's not good enough to build a business on top of. It's not good enough to get change, people to change their attitudes and their minds about some of the really important things that are going on in the world that we need academics and scientists and researchers like ourselves to weigh in on. Just being useful isn't, isn't kind of the bar that we want to hit. Just providing value isn't far enough, in my opinion. And that's why I get into this kind of value ladder concept. The reason we're providing this, I want you to build an online business that can change the world. And I want you to do better and be better than what's out there today. And you're going to have to go against some of the common wisdom that you hear online about this sort of thing. So that's why at the end of this, we're going to talk about these four common mistakes I see come up time and time again as I talk to academic entrepreneurs trying to build their own business. So that's what providing value is. But what is the value ladder then? So you think of this as moving from lower value information or content to producing or providing higher value results. And if you are in the online marketing space enough, you may hear this called a funnel. And as soon as you hear the word funnel and words like tripwires and low-value offers and even customer ascension, that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about a value going from lower-value information to higher-value results. But I don't really like the word funnel when it's applied to people. It's already applied the word funnel to numbers. It's like a leaky funnel. You're pouring sand in. If you have holes, you have 20% conversion here and 10% here. And, and that makes sense. But when you apply funnels to a person... 
you're really saying we tricked them into falling into this funnel-shaped thing, and now they kind of climb the walls and can't get out, and we're trying to get them to buy some high-priced offer at the bottom, which I it really doesn't jive with the way I want to build a business and the way that I think that a lot of the, the listeners of the Grab Blogger podcast want to build a business as well. And we'll talk a bit about why that can be detrimental in these kind of four common mistakes that I see coming up time and time again. We'll talk about it a bit in some of the examples as well in this episode. So then what is the value ladder? What's the other alternative? And I call it the four stages for the value ladder are creating information, providing value, teaching solutions, and getting results. We're going to go through each of these stages in sequence, and then we'll go through a couple examples as well so I can share some stories of, of my background and some of the history that I've learned here. So stage one is creating information. This is really where we all get started with blogging. You're doing random topic blogging, which we talked about on previous episodes of the podcast, or you're just kind of creating information and putting it out there in the world with not a lot of rhyme or reason. You're blogging about your experience, but you're kind of missing the framing part to make it useful for your reader. But this is an important step because the biggest thing you need to learn how to do as a blogger, as a business owner, is create content and ship it into the world. It's a muscle. It needs to be exercised. It's a really important step of your journey. So if you're there today, if you're just creating information, don't you know be disparaged. Know that's where you start, but know that you're going to need to keep climbing up the ladder to build a successful business that can change the world. So that's step one, creating information. Step two is this providing value step. And a lot of people get to this stage. So in this case, now you're curating and orchestrating the material to be useful to the audience. You're providing entry-level material for people just getting started. You're providing intermediate and more advanced material. And you're kind of starting to outline different topics and segments that can help different people and creating that information in a, you know, a more useful way. So you move from just creating information, but now you're actually providing value in the lives of those people around you, providing them with some sort of information they can use in their life. The Content Machine series covers a lot of this. Episode 8 on random topic blogging. Episode 11 on three-minute papers. These are all really examples of, of content machines that can start to get you in providing more value into the world. Stage three of the value ladder is teaching solutions. Now we've gone beyond just providing you information that's timely, that's orchestrating, curated to provide value to the, the reader, and we're actually giving them solutions. We're giving them frameworks, we're giving them strategies to be able to move ahead in their life and create more um, useful material. So this could be courses, it could be workshops, it could be webinars, and they have higher impact. But the biggest struggle here is that there's so many of them being created at an astounding rate. We covered a bit of this in the previous episode 14 with Dr. Guy Augustus about growing a brand and generating freelance income. And then that we talked about the difference between a course and a workshop and how he actually used a workshop to expedite and speed up his business building process. The problem with all these courses is that there's a ton of them out there and it creates kind of confusion with the, the buyers, with the customers, with the readers, because it's hard to tell what's good and what's not good. And provide en masse, there's no real way if you provide a course to 300 people there's often not a mechanism to ensure success and to follow up. And I don't know how many of you have, have bought a course and not actually finished it. I have probably three courses right now that are all several hundreds of dollars, if not more, in price that I bought and been able to, unable to get through just due to time limitations. And that's just kind of the, the nature of this. So teaching these solutions is a great next step. It's um, better than just providing value. But there may still be some holes in following up with the, the people that are taking the courses and actually getting them results. And then this getting results is actually the fourth and kind of final step of the value ladder. So this is a, a step above this where you're actually joining the, the customer, the reader through their entire journey. You're helping them set goals, you're helping them be accountable, and you're helping them actually achieve results that can change their life and the impact that they can make in the world. 
They're no longer just buying a course and it's sitting on the shelf, but they're actually out there taking action, taking massive action to use their research and their experience to build their online business or to do the thing that they're trying to do in the world through your guidance. I mentioned in a previous podcast episode that my, my personal goal for grab bloggers to help 1,000 academics, each help 1,000 people. This is how I'm going to make change to a million people in the world. And besides this podcast and the material that I'm putting online and the, the website at grabblogger.com, one of the ways I'm going to be doing this is through this coaching, helping people individually holding hands, setting goals, and being with them along their entire journey, and really distilling the knowledge that, that I've had through the last three years and, and many more to come of building my own independent research company, all the communities I've been part of, all of the material I've consumed and synthesized to, to build a, a great online business taking that and really feeding it into the people that we're helping every day. So those are the four stages then of the value ladder for your business and your blog. So that's creating information, providing value, teaching solutions, and getting results. And if you want to create a, a very large and effective change in the world through your online business, this is a great process and a great framework to think about how to build that business. So I want to give two examples of the value ladder concept, and one's actually uh, more of an example of a funnel, but I want to use it as an example of, of maybe a useful funnel or a good funnel, one where we're not talking about things necessarily like tripwires and you know, conversion tools and those sort of things that are, that are in my mind, shouldn't be applied to, applied to people. Again, funnels should apply to numbers. They shouldn't apply to people. They shouldn't be trapped and not able to escape the kind of sidewalls of the, the things we're sending them through. So example number one is running a brick or mortar gym. So this is an example of an offline funnel, but it shows the four steps of the value ladder. And I just wanted to, to highlight an example. So in this case, the providing information could be social media material, promoting the gym, its story, yourself as the owner. You're really just putting that information in the world and using it to, to drive interest and engagement in that gym. Then you can provide free meal plans, simple at-home workouts, things to get people started. So now you've moved from creating just information to actually providing value in people's lives. And I've used these. I've used free at-home workouts from gyms in my local area that provide a lot of value in my life. Then stage four, so these are teaching solutions, maybe actually getting people in there. So maybe it's a, a large classroom-style workout, and you're getting people in and actually teaching them different uh, forms and how to do different types of workouts. And step four, this would really be your one-on-one -on -one training. And for a lot of small gyms, this is where they make the most of their money. They have these other parts. They have creating information. They have providing value. They have teaching solutions. But a lot of small gyms, they make the most of their money on having individual clients where they bring them in and get them a specific result, lose X amount of weight or put on X amount of muscle. And I don't know if you've ever worked with a coach in that kind of way, but you can get exceptionally higher results than you can in any of the other, the other three stages of the value ladder if you're working with someone day in and day out. So that's example number one. And this is, in my mind, is really a funnel because it's social media information is leading people through to the free meal plans, leading people through to large style classrooms, and then the coaching. I guess now that I even said that out loud, maybe that is a ladder. <laughs> I'm not really sure how the best way to think about it. It's either a good funnel or a ladder, but it's not really an example of a bad funnel. You're not really tricking anyone to going into the gym. You're kind of providing them value along the way. Um, again, there's no tripwires. There's no kind of icky things that are going on there. That you've seen a lot of online business marketing funnels. So example number two, and this is an example that I've derived from from my online research company at dustsafetyscience.com is, again, the same four stages, creating information, providing value, teaching solutions, and getting results. For myself, this is really distilling the, the whole journey that I had since 2016 when I started blogging online in that space, which again, that business is around industrial safety, specifically in industries handling powdered and solid materials and avoiding fire and explosion hazards. That was the topic of my PhD research. 
So stage one for me in this case, this creating information, was becoming the best and most relevant source in the world for this type of information. So this was the science of explosions, the physics and chemistry, also looking into incidents and figuring why they're happening. I started a blog where I was just writing about this for over a year, or almost a year before I even started a business from it. Stage two is providing this value. So going from creating information, but actually creating something new, curating and putting together great content for people in the world. And for me, this was launching a worldwide initiative to track and create lessons learned from fires and explosions. So every week at Dust Safety Science, we track 10 to 15 cases of this sort of industrial safety incidents happening around the world. We try to put them together, find the commonalities, figure out why they're happening. We provide this to the research community and to the industrial community in sort of this value add. And that's really the research that I do at Dust Safety Science. That's the research that we, my team, does at Dust Safety Science. So then stage four, teaching solutions. And this is one that's actually very readily available to academics. For me, was in-person presentations and training sessions. And we will do online courses and that sort of thing for industrial safety to come. But I want to start with the impersonal stuff because I want to kind of tune up my ability in that space as well and test the format out. It's the format that's more commonly known in industrial scenarios where people go in and do training. So that's how I, I go about teaching solutions. Then the final step, getting results, this is really tracking our progress over time. And I give a couple examples of real life, large, world-changing, well, world-changing might be a bit big, but... Ah, some of them are actually world changing. Really big results that we've got through this. So some examples are connecting government officials in other countries with people that they need to talk to. We did this with the country of Jordan, where they need research on how to do proper demolition of grain silos. They were able to come up with a strategy and a, a, a process to go through to actually recommend um, after some unfortunate things that happened in, in their grain handling facilities in the, that country, ways to better demolish these type of plants. We've also helped facilities in Brazil, in Africa, in the UK, in India, and across North America connect with local experts to make their facilities safer. And I know because the, the people report back to me and say, because of this piece of content, we were able to connect, or because of the industrial membership that we have as part of Dust Safety Science, we we're able to find these, these service providers. We also have created many research partnerships between government groups, universities, and research institutions. And this is all really towards our large goal, which is having a world, having a, a year with zero fatalities from these type of accidents worldwide over the next 20-year period. So the reason I bring all this up and these four steps up is I could have just stopped at providing information. I could have just blogged. I could have just, you know, only wrote these blog posts and left it there and maybe not moved into, maybe I stopped at providing value or kept providing value. Maybe I didn't do any teaching of solutions. And maybe I never really thought to go any farther about getting results, real wins for people in the real world. So I could have stopped there. And a lot of people get hung up when they're creating a blog and they don't take it to those next steps in the value ladder. And that's why I want to share it because you can, as an academic, as an expert, really make big change in the world if you focus on these higher level stages, teaching solutions and actually getting results for people out there in the world. So for this episode, I want to close off by talking about four common mistakes that I see academics make in entrepreneurship around their online business. So mistake number one is creating or trying to create a business focused only on the providing value step. And a great example of this is things like online websites that only sell $10 eBooks. Well, $10 eBook is really great and it can provide value in life, but it's probably not you know, enough in there to, to teach real solutions or even maybe get a result. And the difficulty from a business standpoint is it requires extremely high volume to make a functioning business out of $10 eBooks. If you just do the math, if you wanted to have a $100,000 book, you'd need to sell 10,000 units 
a year. I can't do the math, but it's probably something like 100 or 800 um, ebooks a month. You need a lot of volume coming through your website to even be able to do that. And for every success story in the space, and there are people that have made functioning business from $10 ebooks, there are thousands of failures that you don't hear about. You don't, you know, history is written by the victors, I guess is what they say. But every success story, there's, there's many, many, many people that, that, uh, that failed because they didn't have a business model that moved on from just providing value into these other areas. So it's a great place to start. Providing value is really important, but it's best to see this as a marketing channel, not your business. It's how you bring people into your website, dare I say even generating leads, although maybe we're getting into this funnel terminology that I, I was warning about at the start. But it's a marketing channel. Providing value is how you become recognized as a personal brand and creating the best information in the world. Then your online business is built after that. It's not built from that. So that's mistake number one for for academics and entrepreneurship. Create a business focused solely on providing value, not moving to teaching solutions or getting results. Mistake number two is on the very other end of the spectrum, trying to get results for everyone. So a big important realization came in, in my life in this kind of topic where I realized that only a small segment of, of my audience is ready for the step of where they actually build their business into a world-changing business. Anybody can get there, but not everybody's there today. So they still need to learn their early steps. Maybe they don't even have a website up yet. Maybe they have some kind of mental blocks that are stopping them from moving forward and creating and shipping content. But if I focus all my efforts on getting results for these people, it would be very draining for me and it'd be very hard to do. So that's why we have this podcast. It's really a way, an on-ramp to get through some of these earlier steps and bring people up to a place where they can start to make meaningful change in the world. One quote that I've said on the podcast a couple of times is that 10% of your existing customers or your existing audience would probably pay you 10 to 100 times more than they are today to get a specific result that they want. But that's only 10%. If you take that mindset with the other 90%, you're going to be in for a kind of a, a hard ride. So I've seen some academics make this mistake where they have some early success and then they try to go and get these results for everyone and don't realize that this ladder actually applies for getting people more educated, more qualified, and we'll talk about what that means in a second, into their, their kind of next and higher levels. Mistake number three is building the ladder before you understand your unique strengths. So you may have this amazing funnel with a tripwire, with a cheap product, with a you know, more expensive bundle, membership, or course some back-end, really high-end product. That's kind of your, your traditional sort of marketing funnel. But if you don't understand your unique strengths, you're going to lead people to the wrong place. Once they get to the bottom of the funnel, because they can't claw their way out of the sides, they're going to end up in a place where you can't help them. And you end up with this kind of hollow build business that's not even built on strong fundamentals. It's not built on your unique strengths and the unique things that you could put into the world. As part of my kind of soul-searching exercise I mentioned at the top of this, I identified my unique strengths as being that I've done it. I've created an online business, not in online marketing, not in digital marketing, but in my PhD research area. I spent a significant amount of time learning and synthesizing information. I'm talking, you know, hundreds and hundreds of podcast hours a, a year and lots of books and that sort of stuff. That's how I get the fodder for these podcast episodes is by learning this. So that's another one of my strengths. And then I've generated the connections through helping lots of academics build their online business. And I've tested this. I've done the Accelerator program. Um, I've done other programs and other coffee chats where I'm helping people get results every week in their online business. So I know those are my strengths. And I know then where I'm building the ladder in my business is towards those strengths. It wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for me to build a business that shows people how to do physical sales at a car dealership or something because that's not my strength. 
sure, I might be able to dream up this really fancy process and might get people there. But at the end of the day, if they're not going towards my unique strengths, then we're going to have a business that doesn't work. The fourth and final mistake I want to mention is pretty similar to the mistake number three, and that's building the ladder before you understand your customer. So similar to the above, you don't want to build a ladder that leads to, to somewhere that's not your strength. But you also don't want to build a ladder that's inappropriate for the, the readers that you have, the people that you're trying to help. So this first step, understanding your person that's coming to your website is critically important. And this is really done through getting insights about them. We'll talk about this in future episodes about building customer insight machines. This is actually talking to them, sitting down, having coffee chats. A lot of cases, if you are or were where your customer is, like if they're, say, you're two or three years ahead, you may be able to generate insights from your path. We really have a really good understanding of what your customer is going through, of their feelings, of the problems they're having, and the needs that they have, and the needs that they don't know they have. And these are things that we'll cover, again, a lot more as the podcast matures and grows on. But I just want to highlight another mistake. You really need to know your customer before you start building this kind of value ladder concept, understanding what information to create, understanding what value to put into the world, understand how to teach solutions, and understand how to get results. So those are the four mistakes then. I'll just reiterate those. That's creating a business focused solely on providing value. That's a problem. Trying to get results for everyone. So that's the other end of the kind of the value ladder concept. You try to get a result for everyone. A lot of people won't be ready yet. Mistake number three is building a ladder before you understand your strengths. And mistake number four is building a ladder before understanding your customer. I see this come up time and time again with academics and entrepreneurship space. These are a lot of things that we're trying to work towards as we work with these, these individuals. So that's it for this episode on understanding the value ladder for your business and your blog. I hope it's been really helpful. We talked about what providing value means, and this is really being useful, but it's not enough. We talked about the different stages of the value ladder from creating information to this providing value, to teaching solutions, to getting results. We talked about four mistakes that academics traditionally make in this space. So creating a business focused only on providing value, trying to get results for everyone, and creating the, the ladder before you understand your strengths and the strengths of the people that you're trying to actually build a business around, build a business for, the change that you're trying to put into the world. So that's it for this episode. As always, the the transcripts you find them at grabblogger.com slash 20. We will pull out a cheat sheet if you listen to this episode and you're saying, I really love this concept. I want to build it out a little bit better, but I don't want to flip through the you know the 4,000 word or whatever it's going to be transcript. We'll have a one-page cheat sheet where we just have the, the four stages highlighted and the different steps that are mentioned. If you like this episode and you like the content we're creating at Grabblogger, give me a shout out on social media. Tag me on Instagram, tag me on Twitter at, at Grabblogger, and let me know what you think. Let me know if you're struggling to figure out how to design and structure your business in the best way to, to increase the impact it can have in the world. If you're interested in any of this kind of coaching or any of these offers we're putting over the accelerator programs, we will have those all at grabblogger.com slash coaching. That page will change over time. So if you're listening to this in the future, there will be something there, but it's, uh, it may be different than what's there today. As always, I really appreciate you listening to the Grabblogger podcast. I'm really, really excited to keep building this out, building more material, and really increasing the impact that we as academics, as researchers, as people that are you know certified experts, if you will, making what we can do more relevant and increasing the change that we can put into the world. And I really appreciate and am excited to have you along for that journey. So have a great week ahead, and I look forward to talking again next week on the podcast.